You're listening to The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Nation, Teal Nation, whatever nation you are, TD Nation, Info Nation, whatever, welcome back to the Strug. We have missed you. We've missed the interaction. We had a little bit in the offseason with polls and tweets and all that good stuff, but we are back in full force. Season two, episode one. Here we go. So, what do we got on tap? Well, we've got Media Days. Info Joe was down in New Orleans for the Sunbelt Conference Media Days. A lot of good insight. He's going to share with you his experiences there, um, some of the things he had, his impressions of other coaches, players that were there. We'll jump into preseason awards. We're going to break down, in our way, the uh, four new members of the Sunbelt Conference this year, kind of talk about what they're bringing to the table, uh, their head coach, some fun facts, if you will. And we'll kind of wrap it up talking about the 20th season of Coastal Football and what we're going to be offering you, something exclusive that no one else is going to be doing for Coastal Football for this year, for the 20th season. And as usual, some fun at the end, some social media plugs, and, you know, TD has to have his trivia. I think he loves to hate it. So, having said all that, we've got a great show lined up. It's an informational-packed show. I can't wait to bring it to you. Before I do that, don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, the Strut Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at The Strut Podcast, the blog site, which we're going to be updating soon as we get this first episode launched. You know, I think Joe has a blog up already by the beginning of the season. The Strut Podcast.wordpress, WordPress, excuse me, .com. And don't forget to catch us on YouTube. Go to YouTube, type in the search box, The Strut Podcast, click subscribe, and enjoy all the video content. We're going to have a whole lot more video content outside of the podcast that will be updated from time to time there as well. So stick around, enjoy the show, but then stick around at the very end before the closing song because we're going to be teasing the first installment of what we're going to be doing for the 20th season of Coastal Football. So sit back and relax and enjoy. Here comes the strut. Fans, tonight's Strut Podcast is brought to you by Georgia Southern fans. Did you spill something at your tailgate, kitchen, church, or in the locker room during pregame? There's a new absorbing paper towel that might be the best, and it's just for you. Each bottle of new Clay Helton beer comes with a new label that allows you to pick up your own mess. That's right, a self-absorbing label for self-absorbed people. All you need to do is remove the label, 
place it on a spill, and then head on out and play that game. That's right, Clay Helton Beer with a self-absorbed attitude and label. Available at most convenience stores throughout Georgia and maybe at the home of some weird uncle or two. And don't forget the old saying they say in Georgia, TD, if you own a Georgia Tech shirt, it's because you went there. If you have a Georgia Southern shirt, you went to Walmart. Oh, no. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what a way to start the season. <laughs> welcome in, welcome in, welcome in to season two of the Strut Podcast, Strut Nation. I tell you what, um, hey, Joe and Chili and I are super excited about last year, but we're very excited about this year. The framework of the show, a pretty cool uh, off-podcast uh, series that, that we'll touch on later. But, uh, man, we've got a lot to get to tonight. We've got a lot to get to every till Tuesday when we record this, and we're going to drop it later in the week ahead of uh, the game. But preseason camp is open, gentlemen. Um, I didn't get to see anybody out there this morning, but, um, I tell you what, I look forward to driving to work over the medical center and passing by the practice fields at the old Fowler farm and seeing the boys run around. I don't miss two a days or back in my day, as they say, it was three a days and, uh, have y'all been, what are y'all looking forward to? Well, I'll just say this. Um, I didn't think we'd be here one year later opening up season two, because I go back to TD, we're on the porch and then Joe, you come on like the first official episode I think is when info Joe came on board, but like, I didn't think we'd be here. So I'm really excited because like most good things, it begins with a good conversation that TD and I had, and then we just kind of ended up here. And now y'all, we have over, have had over 1700 plays on this little podcast. So much interest. I mean, the Twitter polls that we put out, I put out one that we'll get to a little bit later yesterday. That's already had nearly a hundred votes about just, Coastal's 20th season come up. So there's a lot of interest in this podcast, and I'm really grateful for that. I'm excited about it, but I'm also excited for what's laying ahead for us. This is going to be a great season. I just feel it, guys. I'm excited to be back with you guys here as we start season two. It's going to be a lot of fun this season, an intriguing year, I think, in a lot of ways for this football team with a lot of faces to have to replace, a lot of experience, but a lot of talent on this roster that will hit the field. Of course, TD just alluded to the fact that today we as we record this is on Tuesday, August the 2nd, and that's when kids reported and camp got started, and they'll start uh, with the, the helmets and whatnot and full pads pretty soon and a couple of scrimmages and whatnot as we get down towards the start of the regular season in Army on September the 3rd, but I'm excited to be back for season two. It should be a lot of fun, and I'm with, I'm with you, Chili. I think this is going to be a great year for coastal football. I think a lot of people will be surprised you know, at, at how good this team is going to be. We're not, we're not rebuilding. We are reloading, and I can't wait to kick it off. That's what I'm excited to talk about. And, Joe, you, you know, you nailed it there was, I think, I, I keep telling people that around town, people I run into as we travel, how good's Coach going to be? I said, I think we're going to be sneaky good. They go, you're not sneaking up on anybody this year. I said, I think we will, though. And, and to your point, we're going to re we reloaded in some areas that typically we've had to rebuild in the past. So I'm, I think we're going to be sneaky good this year. And uh, so I got a little, I got a little thing to touch on that I saw that was put out. Uh, I think it was by Athion sports later on in regards to recruitment and why I think that has helped us get to where we are, but we got a great lineup. Chili, you always kick us off. Uh, we've got some great experiential things that Joe's got to talk about as well as some polls and and Joe's got some massive 20 year 
three inch binder book. Lord mercy, what was that thing? Oh man, I'll, I'll get into that, that here in just a minute. So we're gonna. This thing's gonna be cut up into three podcasts. Apparently, I saw that thing one inch per hour. Right? It's called Joe Cash in Volume One. <laughs> volume One, Page One. Here we go. Chili, lead us off. Give it. Give the fans what they want to know in regards to the framework of the show, and then we'll dive into it. So tonight's set, we're going. We just got through the intro, so we're going to look at media days, some preseason awards, uh, talk about the new teams joining our conference, go through camp a bit tease what's happening on the horizon whatever you want to call it for the 20th season of coastal football and then wrap it up um td i'm gonna look for a trivia question while we're here so i can't not let that slide we so we've got all the social media stuff to plug too so let's just go ahead and jump into it joe you were at media days um i've always wanted can i just ask you one question before you sure. start about media days you do see all the other media there and all their reporting and other schools and, and radio and TV outlets all there. Have you ever been like in the room where they're asking questions and you had a question that you wanted to ask and someone beat you to it? Do you have to like write a bunch of questions and go from there or, or is it kind of planned out what y'all are going to do? I think you kind of play off what somebody else might ask. And yeah, I've been in there before and you know, it's at, at the, the Sunbelt setup is they've got a big hall in a big convention room where all the reporters are sitting at tables and you have the, the coaches and the players up on, up on, on stage up by the dais and they take questions and whatnot. They'll, they'll give you the state of the state of the program. And then, you know, it's uh it's kind of a free for all after that, but it's, it's so much fun. It's a lot of fun. There's a lot going on. There's radio row, a lot of radio shows going on and, you know, going all over the Sunbelt footprint. So it's uh, it, it's just a lot of fun and had, had the opportunity to go, to New Orleans last week, and it was it was just a blast. So coming out of media days, what's some of the impressions you had as far as like you know obviously coastal, but was there anything that you need, wanted to share about other teams in addition to just coastal as far as like people we got on the schedule coming up and and just those kind of things I guess for lack of a better phrasing. Well, I mean it was it was a lot of fun. First of all, it was a lot of fun to travel. You know, we were finally able to get into an airport and get on airplanes without having to wear a mask, which was great. You know, all of all of that stuff is hopefully behind us. And so that was a whole lot more comfortable with all the, you know, all the kabuki theater that's gone on for the last, you know, two plus years and whatnot. You know, I had a had a good meal. Of course, that's my opinion. You guys are roped into that. That's my editorial comment for the night. Anyway, uh, good meal, good to meet and greet with the other radio guys. We had the radio show on Hank one of uh, Hank one of five from 10 to one. The interviews went very well. What you saw just a few moments ago. And I want to show this. This is the media guide that Kevin Davis, our SID, made for me and Lane. It's got the 20-year logo there. And it is thick as all get out. Individual sheets with plastic over uh, the, the plastic uh, protectors, the sheet protectors, all of it right there. TD, I don't know about you, but right now I'm really happy we have a YouTube channel so people can see what Joe is talking about. This is that's pretty impressive, Joe. Uh, Kevin Davis does such a fantastic job. He does. The show. He, he is so good. And, you know, he, he's so good at what he does and he's so gracious and what, you know, how he deals with people and he's always helpful and just, we're, we're so blessed to have him at Coastal. And so he put that together for us, you know, for, uh, for, for, for media day. So kudos to him. Preseason order of finish in the East. If anybody missed this, Appalachian picked to finish first, we're second followed by Georgia State, Marshall, Georgia Southern, JMU, and ODU. And I thought that was kind of interesting. They've got James Madison ahead of Old Dominion. Now, here's James Madison making the jump 
know, they're, they're at 80 plus scholarships. We, we talked to Kurt Signetti on the, on the radio show and they're, they're at 80 plus, but they're, they're not where they want to be just yet, but they've got them ahead of ODU, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, ULL on the, on the West side, picked to finish first, South Al second, Troy third, Texas state, uh, then Southern Miss, Arc State, and ULM. The only two teams that we're going to worry about in the regular season are Southern Miss and ULM. So, you know, the rest of them will just uh, – they're, they're fighting it out over there. Again, ULL picked to finish first. Offensive and defensive players of the year, both Coastal guys. Of course, QB1, Grayson McCall on the offensive side of the ball. And then defense, uh, uh, Josiah Stewart moving to the bandit spot. We're going to move him there where Jeff Gunner was the last couple of years. He's the defensive player of the year. First team all-conference players pick uh, McCall. Offensive lineman Willie Lampkin, who will be moving to center this season. Again, Josiah Stewart. And then uh, DeJordan Strong is a corner. Second team, Gerard Clark, who had some really good comments on our radio show that I'll get into. Uh, if, if not tonight, we'll certainly get you know the next show or, or two down the line. I'm really impressed with Gerard Clark. He will be healthy this season where I think, you know, he, he had that back surgery prior to last season, and it really kind of – I think maybe play more with his mind than it did physically, but I think he's got all of that put behind him, and you're going to see a force in there, that defensive line spot for uh, for Gerard Clark and for us this season. On the watch list, the Rotary Lombardi. Uh, watch list, outstanding linemen and great character kind of guys. We've got two of them on that watch list, Josiah Stewart and Willie Lampkin. Uh, Bednarik Award, College Defensive Player of the Year, Josiah Stewart. Walter Camp, Davey O'Brien, and Maxwell Award watch list. Grayson McCall, no shocker there. He's going to be on every quarterback and offensive player list in the country this season. As he's he, also, yeah, he's as, also the, the Blanchard Rogers Trophy winner, which is the best player in South Carolina for last season. Remington Trophy, the outstanding center. We got Willie Lampkin on that list. And then the All-State AFCA Good Works team, uh, which represents extra efforts off the field as defensive lineman Kennedy Robertson. Uh, he, 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 uh, Kennedy's a really good kid. He, he's been on the, the Dean's list, all A student, uh, just does everything well. So Kennedy Roberts on the uh, AFCA good works from all state team. Uh, some miscellaneous notes, just a couple of things here to wrap up. The coach Chadwell radio show will be Wednesday nights this fall. Instead of Tuesday, we'll be back at walk on sports bistro. The first one will be on August the 31st as we're planning right now. So that's the week of the army game. It will be seven o'clock on Wednesday nights at Walk-On Sports Bistro. So the first Coach Chadwell radio show will be, uh, as we're planning now, August the 31st, again, from Walk-On Sports Bistro. And then, again, camp started today. So uh, the guys will get ramped up, and I think we'll have scrimmages, kind of like what we usually do those Saturdays uh, early in August, the 13th and the 20th, I think, is kind of what they're going to plan on right now So for, you know, for team scrimmages, and I would imagine the fans can probably come out to watch that. So media days were a lot of fun. Got, uh, got to see some. Our radio compatriots there got to eat some good food, got to do a radio show and meet and greet the coaches and then turn around and uh, fly back home. So it was, a, it was a good time and a good good way to get this thing started here in August as we start camp. Joe, I got I got a quick question for you or not a question, but more of a opportunity here. It's something we touched off off air, off podcast, if you will. I noticed that the social media presence of the four or the SB3, and for those who don't know what SBC3 are, it's the new Sunbelt 3, which is ODU, Southern Miss, and Marshall, plus JMU, their fan bases coming from uh, CUSA and uh, CAA, FCS level, they all commented and even did some compare and contrast on social media that I showed y'all about just the sheer elevated level of the experience, the monetary investment, the time investment on the overall experience that you had as 
uh, a radio personality, the, the media coverage, uh, the location. Again, for those that have, uh, and this is where I'm going to wrap it up, for those that are viewing the optics of the Sunbelt Conference still with a few years ago, can you touch on how, I want to say the elegance or the, uh, but the, but a premium experience this year was over the last couple of years since since we you know joined the Sun Belt back in what twenty seventeen seventeen. Tell me how that has transcended how how the conference has ascended in that experience because again what I saw is even compared to the American Athletic Conference we blew everybody away outside of really the SEC and ACC and Big Ten in my humble opinion. You know, I think the the media day setups for the Sun Belt have been pretty good throughout, to be honest with you. I think this year was better than last year simply because they they made some adjustments with Radio Row there at the hotel. We were at the Sheraton downtown New Orleans, uh, which there's a lot of stuff going on down there, not far from, you know, not for, if you get into the kind of thing, the Harris Casino is not all that far away. Good eating places all over the place. In the years past, it had been at the Superdome, which is where the Sun Belt conference office is it was kind of on a level up there uh and i'm not sure exactly if, if you walked out you could you were, you were way up in the dome but that wasn't a bad setup either it was kind of a, it, it, a little a little disjointed maybe a little a little loud at some times i mean kind of it, a little chaotic at points but i i think that they had it you know when they had it at the superdome it was a little bit different but it was still good you know and then of course in 2020 we didn't have one Again, last season we had one. They moved it to the hotel, the Sheraton. But I, they they really went out of their way. I think the last couple of years to put on a good show. I mean, it, it's it's it really looks good when you get off the elevator and you walk into the into the main hall. You know, and I'm sure you all saw it if you watch the ESPN Plus stuff. I mean, you walk out there and you see the belt, you see the trophy, you see the stage. You know, where all the coaches and the players get up there, and the commissioner gives his state of the state of the conference kind of stuff. I mean, it's really a nice setup. I, I can't speak to what the other conferences do, but it, it's really good. And I think what the Sun Belt has done, they, they, they had it at a good place, but I think really kind of this year, I think they took it to a little bit of a different level, a little higher level. I thought it worked out a little bit better this year, even though you know, I couldn't stay for all two, you know, for both days. They did the East on one day, the West on the, on the, on the next day. I kind of wish we could maybe get that into one day, but it's going to be real tough to do with all those teams. But, you know, again, I think the Sun Belt put on a good show. The last thing I have is, and Chill, I know I'm taking up a little bit of time here, but it, what was the uh, – they kept saying the autonomous – the they kept uh, – was it autonomous conference or the what, – what was that? The, the, that's what they call the Power Five. They call it the Autonomy Five, basically. Yeah, of course, that's yeah. what they call it. They call it – yeah, it's just semantics, really. <laughs> I mean – Echo through every coach that got up there. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll give the commission credit. Um, he and the overall leadership of the conference and the head coaches and the ADs have done a real good job of rebrokering the deal with ESPN. But again, that overall experience just looked extremely good. But Chili, it's all yours now. And and, and one real quick thing before Chili jumps in here, the, the commissioner also talked about a possible sixth bowl tie-in, which they're trying to work on, which I think would be huge. And then, of course, you know, more linear TV opportunities, hopefully also coming for league schools. 40% more increase, too. I saw that across ABC, ESPN, ESPN2, and ESPNU, not ESPN+. Plus. So for, for Strut Podcast Nation, that that's live coverage. That's not ESPN3+, Plus, which is technically live coverage, but it's a subscription coverage, right? It, you have yeah. to pay $4, 5 6 and $8 a month. This is – it's come with your basic cable package, 
ESPN, ESPN two, ESPNU, and and um, are we are we going to be on the Ocho? No, is it, or the Ocho? <laughs> We're no longer going to be on the Ocho. Awkward Sports that, Weekly presents Coastal Carolina football. Does that even still um, exist? I mean, that's like putt putt golf. I think they have like once a year. ESPN will go to ESPN eight the Ocho just as a tribute to dodgeball, maybe. Um, Joe, I, my question, I don't really have anything. You can't really put a number on this. I just want to get just your impression of something is I, I watched the ESPN plus coverage of what the press conference was. And I heard some tidbits here and there about what people were saying. It's really easy to get caught up in coach and player speak at these things. Um, but did you get any kind of a real sense from not just our guys, but any anybody else you talked to in the conference about like, some real quiet confidence from somebody or even somebody who may be a pretender, just like, you know, giving us more coach speak and not quite a hundred percent on where they are. You don't get that at the official stuff. You get that when you see a coach walking around the hotel and you might corner him for a few minutes, you know, the off the record stuff, you know, <laughs> the, the, Hey coach, how you doing? How's your summer? If, if you kind of developed, you know, a relationship with some of these guys are kind of normal. We just don't have a problem going up and talking to them. I mean, I, yeah. You know, and I'll give you an example. I, I really think, and he'd never, he didn't say it. We asked him, but you know, Sean Elliott at Georgia state, you know, he, he and I go way back. We're pretty good friends. He, he would not say on the air live that he feels good, but I promise you he feels good. <laughs> he, he feels good because he has a lot of talent coming back. A lot of, you know, super senior kind of guys that we had last year. And I, I told him, I, you know, kind of off the record, I said, you guys remind me of, 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 of us last year, your team does because of all the super seniors. And he would say that he thinks he has the best running backs he's ever had that he's ever seen. That running back room over there is really, really good for them. And he thinks that he also has a couple of other guys behind two guys. That he's got that might be even better. So while he wouldn't really say that he feels good, he feels good. You know, and that's and that's just one example. But yeah, a lot of it really is coach speak. They don't want to. They're not going. They're not going to say anything or shattering or teeth rattling on the air. That's really going to jar somebody. But you can corner a guy maybe in the hotel downstairs in the lobby, wherever, walking around out on the town. Maybe you might see him kind of milling around. Uh, that that's when they'll give you the best stuff. That's interesting because I've always felt like when you watch those things after about the third or fourth coach when they do them in a row. It's almost the same thing. Well, we got this back. We got that back. We don't have this. This guy graduated. This guy went pro, um, whatever. Or this guy, it, nowadays, even transferred. So you hear that a lot when they talk about their team. And it's almost the same speech worded differently, but it's almost the same one. So I was just curious because I know, Joe, you're in the room. So you get that one-on-one, face-to-face interaction with these people. So I didn't know if, like, you had a sense walking out of there if there was, like, one you know, coach or one team that you felt like we need to keep our eyes on. I guess, I guess Georgia State would be that team, right? Well, them and I, I tell you a guy that I was really impressed with, and I we're going to really need to keep an eye on, and we're going to play them uh, on October 29th, and that's Marshall. Charles Huff was really impressive. I really liked what he had to say. Of course, he now he coaches Nick Saban, so he, <laughs> he he learned from the best, right? So. He was extremely impressive to me. He, he's a confident coach. I mean, now they've got a lot of faces to have to replace too, but there's a lot of talent at Marshall. That's, that's kind of the team that everybody was kind of talking about. Hey, look, you know, the, these of the teams coming into the league, the one that might make the biggest splash, the fastest will be Marshall. And, and I think their coach feels that way, even though he really didn't kind of say it now that you, you know, kind of talked about this and spoken to it. 
I, he kind of did as I got as it kind of coalesces a little bit upstairs from what we talked about last week. He kind of gave off that vibe that hey, you know what, we're new to the league, but I think we feel pretty good about what we've got. I'll I'll, I'll add one little tidbit. And I'll, I'm I, look, I got to stir it. Just for the hell of starting. <laughs> the old boy at JMU, he walked in. We got 80 scholarships. We're FBS schedule. We've won two natties. I'll say it. For all the JMU fans that listen to this, about game week, your week, I'll say it then. VMI, the Citadel, and Robert Morris are not on the schedule in consecutive weeks. So, we'll, we'll see how much that, that – Robert that, Morris doesn't live here anymore. So, yeah, yeah. He, Robert Morris ain't walking through that door. Yeah, <laughs> VMI to Citadel and Robert Morris ain't walking through the door in consecutive weeks, boys. Uh, between the CAA and and Southern Conference and all that jazz. All right. So, look, y'all may look, y'all may have a great year, right? Better than we did the first year. That's fine, Bob. Great, but <laughs> those three schools ain't walking in on the schedule. I can promise you that. So. Touch base with me about week eight when <laughs> when 85 scholarships come at you every single week. Trust me, we know. All right, what's the next? What, what do we got next, Chili? Well, we kind of did the awards, Joe, when you went through that, the, the preseason accolades our guys got at Media. So it looks like we're going to be going and looking uh, one by one. I did a little um, synopsis of our new members, and this is in no particular order. Um, I'm going to go through. I've got the uh, head coach, last year's record, some key wins and some losses last year. Um, and when they play Coast Coast, all four new teams play us this year. And I also have um, – I went and dug up and see, you know, who had some famous players that might have gone through to kind of get people who are maybe a little bit older, might get a little perspective. So in no particular order, first up I had Southern Miss out of Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Famous players include somebody named Ray Guy, familiar name for you people who are into punting, which we do a lot be, of It won't year. be the younger crowd that remembers Ray Guy, but I bet the three of us do. And uh, another guy named Brett Favre. Kicking uh, Brett camp. Favre. Um, head coach is Will Hall. Southern Miss went three and nine last year. They defeated Grambling, Louisiana Tech, and Florida International. Uh, one of their nine losses was a squeaker to Alabama, 63 to 14. Southern Miss plays at Coastal. November 12th. Man, we're going up next. Yeah, like, go ahead. Get go, Judd. Lord mercy. <laughs> Do Wait, I, I said, we're throwing shade right here on show one. Lord Listen, mercy. <laughs> well, let's get it, boys. Let's get it. Huh? Old Dominion, the Monarchs out of Norfolk, Virginia. Famous players include Taylor, Taylor Heineke, and that's really about it. He was uh, good. Head coach Ricky Rain last year went six and seven. They won five in a row leading into the bowl game and then lost to in the Myrtle Beach Bowl to Tulsa. They play at Coastal October 15th. Uh, next up, James Madison out of Harrisonburg, Virginia. Famous players include Charles Haley, Scott Norwood, and Redskins receiver Gary Clark. Head coach is Kurt Signetti. Last year, they went 12-1, lost in the FCS semifinals to North Dakota State. They will host our beloved Shawnee Clears November 26th. Last but not least is the Marshall Thundering Herd out of Huntington, West Virginia. Famous players include Randy Moss, Chad Pennington, but they're not playing for them anymore. Head coach is Charles Huff. Last year went seven and six. Uh, Marshall defeated Navy, Old Dominion, but lost to App State 31 to 30 last year. Uh, they will be hosting us on October 29th. And I learned a little tidbit from the uh, Marshall 
website. Marshall and App State have a long-standing rivalry, apparently, and their rivalry has a name. It's called Mountain Warfare. Mm. So those are your new teams. Um, I guess maybe one question we could talk about is um, we already said Marshall probably has the best shot of doing the best of the four new ones. Um, I saw a poll where it said that James Madison was going to be in last, and then, Joe, you just said ODU was going to finish in last. Um, so, I mean, maybe that's a discussion we could talk about maybe. I don't know. I mean, I see, TD, I, I kind of lean your way when it comes to, you know, this ain't Robert Morris this year kind of attitude. They went 12-1 and one last year. Now we're going to FBS with uh, James Madison joining us. So I just I don't know where I feel as far as their first-year performance versus – how they'll do versus everybody else in the conference. I'm, that's kind of a big gray area for me, honestly. I, I'm, I'm not so I'm not going to sit here and tell you what they are or not going to do. I think they're going to be more competitive than we were that first year. I, I got I got no qualms of saying that. Um, it took us three years to really get to that 85 scholarship, right? A lot of people don't realize that it took us it took us right up to about 2019, 2020 to get full 85 scholarships, really. And to be honest with you, everybody kind of holds a couple three scholarships back, but. So James Madison's perspective. So this is something I'm going to bring up right now. I, I think it was Athion Sports came out with their data points. You know, we spend almost $770,000 on recruitment. And the next team down was like 140000 away. And James Madison was not in the top five. So unlike before the FCS level, again, by the way, when you hear this, I'm not knocking James Madison. We were there once. App was, Georgia Southern. And I pick on them about it. You know, VMI Citadel, and they ain't going to come to the door. The, the the piece they're gonna have is and Joe, you've talked about this and 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 Chile, you and I recognize this in some conversation. It's not just about the top 33 players you are out there on offense, defense, and special teams, right? At the SS level, the next best team until you get outside, you get outside the top 10 or 12, everybody has about 55 guys, right? At the FCS level. At this level, everybody's got 85 guys. And that's where the difference is gonna be week three five, seven of that relentless wave of the next 33 after the starting 33, there's not a whole lot of drop-off. You know, you look at their schedule, uh, and I, I remember Coach Signetti mentioning this when we had him on the radio show. They they have a chance early. Okay, they've got a chance early in four of their well, – really, when you look at their first uh, their first six games – Middle Tennessee, Norfolk State at home. Okay, that, that, that's a chance there. They go to App, they're not winning there. Okay, two and they, one. <laughs> two and one. Then they have Texas State at home. Okay, that a big year for Texas State. They got they got to do something. I think. I think that is, it's a it's a turning point year for them. I'm gonna and go then, three. And, and then they go to Ark State after that, and then they go to Georgia Southern. Two teams are that are having to rebuild after bad years. So I mean, you've got you've got that opening slate of six games. They've got a chance. It wouldn't shock me at all if they were three and three, or maybe even four and two, perhaps if they stay healthy and have some things happen their way. But then say that Joe, just for just for kicks and giggles, just run through the next five games real quick, and I'll hush. But just run through the next five games. Well, then 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 they have Marshall. Then they're at Louisville, at Old Dominion, Georgia State, and us. So. The, 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 the last six is going to be a much tougher road to hoe than the first six. But again, my point of after I remember looking at schedule, first three, first three to five weeks, again, very favorable. That last six weeks, yeah, it's a gauntlet. It's a gauntlet. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, Joe, I pulled it up when you were talking about it, and I was trying to go through my head and just kind of think about uh, Texas State and Arkansas State last year and how they would have compared to James Madison. It's hard to say because I don't think we got a good sample from either one of those teams last year when we saw them just because no. we we were really good. Even, even when we played badly last year, we still looked pretty good in flashes. So that's hard. That's not me being arrogant. It's just being honest because, I mean, I thought back the other day to the App State game for us last year. We did not play very well. They had to play amazingly at home on TV and kick a field goal to win in the last second. So we didn't play well, and we still had a shot to win that game. So that was the kind of year I thought we were, is if you could just stay on your toes all you know, every single game week in and week out. We didn't play good against Texas State. I mean, that was just kind no, of we a didn't. game. We gave up a touch. We gave up a 50-yard touchdown run on the last play of the half against Texas State and still won by two scores. So, you know, to your point. Yeah. yeah. And it's hard for me to say. I mean, I'm not the uh, – I'm just looking at it from my perspective, and I, I think I agree with both y'all that, you know, three and three, four and two is doable on that first you know, few games yeah. of their season. And I know we're going to be doing picks throughout the year, so I guess maybe that's going to kind of bias yeah. how we pick going forward. But at the same time, we've got to get some other games in first before we can judge them. But I just – I think I'm with you all, three and three, four and two for those guys out of the gate. But then you may not win again the rest of the year. And, again, that happened to Coastal a little bit too. I remember we went through a spell where we were about there and then we hit that five-week slate of, Big boy, eighty-five scholarship, top top three or four teams in Sun Belt, and and then that 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 was when we realized, okay, here's where we are. We got to get up to here, and we got to do it fast. So, mm-hmm. but it goes back to I think we're we are outpacing people on the front end of two things: culture and commitment to recruitment. And I think that's why we're beginning to win the day on some of this. So, uh, I, I you know. I'm excited for the four teams coming in, man. I really am. I think the Sun Belt's got a lot of hype. Joe, you talked about while you're down there. There's just a lot of buzz about what the conference with these four schools coming in. You know, if you told somebody 10 years ago the Sun Belt Conference is going to be sitting there as a premier group of five um, out of the 10 conferences and potentially could be the fourth best overall conference in the country, that's legitimate. I've said that before. We could legitimately be the fourth best conference overall when this year's said and done. I have full faith and confidence that with the the depth of talent, we could be the fourth best conference. I'm, I'm you know, it just man, and, I'm old, but and, and particularly on the in the Sun Belt East. I mean, that, that's that's really kind of where it's really kind of where the rubber's going to meet the road for the Sun Belt this season. The Sun Belt East. I love the geographic you know, locations of, of the teams. I mean, you know, you got West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, right there, and all connecting states where the fan bases can get to these games. I mean, we saw how well ODU traveled last year when they brought a bunch of people to Conway, you know, for the Myrtle Beach Bowl. I mean, that was a heck of a traveling fan base, and you can expect them to bring people. Uh, you When they come to us, you can expect App State to bring a bunch of people to us. You can expect Georgia Southern. They'll bring some people, even though they're rebuilding. You know, James Madison's going to have a, a good they're, – they're super excited about this. I mean, they know they may take some lumps this season, but they, they are super excited about it. Marshall, holy cow. You know, that, we go up there this season, but when they come to us in 23, I mean, <laughs> man. Fan bases will be traveling all over the place, and that's what's so exciting to me about the Sun Belt East. Not, you know, not just that, but the fact that all of these programs are, are going to be good. 
at some it's point. It's going to feel I mean, like one of those high school football conferences where everybody's pretty good and they all live within 30 miles of each other and they can exactly. get each other's houses easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is the – here's a trivia question. What is the southernmost beach town of West Virginia? <laughs> Myrtle Beach. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Riviera for no reason. Hey, just for the record, I'm one and zero on TD's trivia questions for the season, Joe. I know, baby. There you go. <laughs> I can't wait till we stump TD. Oh, I got TD him. Time. I got him right at the bat you, too, Joe. You I got, got him, him right off the bat. I've got him. Um, let's go ahead and move into camp. TD, put your helmet on, man. Oh, today was the first day something. of camp. Are you puking or what right now? No, I tell you what you're doing. Um, it reminds me of going. You know, it reminds me of my junior senior year where. You come off that sophomore, freshman sophomore year, and you did a lot better. A lot of people think, and we touched on this uh, in the in the other piece to the thing that we'll tease later. That you, you go into your junior senior year, kind of like these guys are going to right now. We've graduated some people, right? We've graduated some people, but at the same time, there's a lot of energy and synergy within the four walls of that athletic complex, and those four, you know, th those four walls or those four fields over there, if you will, and so for us, putting my helmet on quickly, it's – if you're worried about if you did enough in the summertime, you shouldn't be worried about that, right? Second is how much can you do two things? Can you push your capacities of who you are as a ball player and the guy you're competing against every day? Because ultimately it's going to do two things. It's going to make you and he stronger. That's really what it is. How much can I push me for me and push me for the guy in front of me, right? That DB that I was against, right, or whoever it was. That's what you're looking at right now. It's just as simple as that. The, the whole 110%, I don't, we never subscribe to that. It's 100%, 100% of the time. That's what you were on task to do every day. And also body recovery, things like that. But we'll get into camp right now. You are as excited as you are. It's a different, it's a different layout, Joe. We talked about it's a different layout, Chili. You know, um, under with Coach Bennett, it was the classic, you know, Junction Boys kind of camp. When people see that docu series. I mean, it was the, the whole like, how fast can you get in the full pads? Oh, so we just have to go seventy-two hours. So we're going to do a practice this morning so we can start the seventy-two hour clock and get into pads as fast as possible. Now it's the two-one system, and there's a lot of just there's a lot of data around recovery and not going full pads every day and going shells and tops. And there's a whole entire mentality that's shifted on keeping your guys fresher for Saturday, but excitement, challenged, nervous, all that. But that's coach Wally Dunham. I went with this coach Wally Dunham, a man who I greatly admire and loved as a, as a, as a, uh, uh, just a steward to football. He was a history teacher of mine. So Chili's history teacher played at university of North Carolina. Joe Cashin, he was a punter, North Carolina, Wally Dunham. He said, if you're not nervous about something that you care about, you need to stop doing it and go do something else. So that was always kind of my thing was if I'm not nervous about it, that means I don't care about it. So right now there's energy, there's nervousness, there's excitement and dread of putting on a helmet for the first time because they've been sitting there since spring practice. And you, they're like putting a vice on them, man. <laughs> That's the worst part about anything to do with, is the first about two days of wearing a daggum helmet, man. It was like it's your head's in a vice. So other than that, just jacked up, excited, man. So what about mental prep? Like I know because, and for people who didn't play football, about like the 
it's almost like an academic prep, basically. You're studying film, you're getting ready, all that kind of stuff. How much of film study and things like that do you do in camp, or is it just mostly physical condition, getting used to the regimen, um, the all workouts, that kind of stuff? All of it. So to, to, to cut it, to, to give you the highlighted version, the film study is on you. The first two weeks are on you. After week two, you really start to look ahead at your first week opponent, especially one like Army. I know the three of us will talk about it later, but you, you'll just like we did last year with the Citadel, Joe Tussart last year, especially with a triple option offense like that. You're going to, you, the good thing is we have camp to get that preparation in. Then you have Gardner Webb. No disrespect to Gardner Webb, but we should take care of business. But I guess, but to, so Joe, from your time, like you talked about it last year, so Chile to help you out is, First two weeks, really first 12 to 14, really through like Joe's talking that first scrimmage and mini scrimmages, it's all about internal development. Then you start really, as that de depth chart defines itself a little more, that's when you start really seeing the transition to, okay, we got Army in 14 days, 10 days, now it's game week. So two weeks out, you'll kind of start getting that game week type feel. And we'll devote some extra practices, yeah. probably two or three or four maybe to the Army game we're uh, typically we typically we may not do that but we're going to have to just like we did last season to try to get ready for the triple and then to try to get them out of those habits and out of the schemes <laughs> and again the schedule sets up nicely as, as td just mentioned with with gardner web week two so you know once we once we get everybody once once the the, the defense gets into you know the, their their game plan and their scheming and whatnot they'll have some you know, they have Gardner Webb to try to get out of that, to get back to what we're going to play the rest of the season. So I'm excited about it. Looking forward to going over to uh, watch a couple of these scrimmages. So five things to remember about camp. I'll end with this one, flip flops. Two, cold baths are your friend. Three, Pedialyte. Four, ibuprofen and Tylenol are not your friend because they dehydrate you. Five, do not eat anything you've thrown up in the past. <laughs> oh, I love number five, huh? That's, that's rules to live by, not just football camp, dude. <laughs> I don't know why that just came to my mind. With those five things, when you start, y'all were sitting there talking, all of a sudden it's, I had this like, just woof, come over me like, oh, man. Because I remember watching that video we, that we saw the series about the first year in camp and whatnot, man. And yeah, all those things. Keep the Pedialyte close. It is your friend. Well, moving from camp in that first year of camp, let's go to what the 20th year is going to bring up for us and kind of get into what we're going to be doing outside of the regular weekly podcast. Um, we are, gosh, I don't know, guys, I guess for lack of a better word, and I say that a lot because I just, I, words escape me, but I'm excited about this because yeah. we've already got one big interview done by now. Today is August the 2nd. We're recording this on a Tuesday. This episode will drop on the 5th this week. Um, but prior to tonight's recording, we had a chance. I'm not going to tell who it is. You will hear. Stay tuned to this podcast because you will get a glimpse of what we're talking about at the end of this to tease what's coming up and what's going to happen coming up in the future. But, guys, I mean, I'm excited because we get to open the history book and go back, and the great thing, like I was telling you guys before we begin to record tonight, is nearly all of Coastal's history when it comes to football is still living. 
it can still talk to us. It can tell, still tell us the stories and lessons they, they've learned over the years. TD, you were part of it because you were in the first team. Joe, you were there for the first game. You broadcasted a bunch of them. So we're all a part of it. I was there at the first game. But we've got so many people we can bring in. And we're going to be bringing out a series of interviews of people that have made history as it relates to coastal football. So, guys, I'll, just, I'll stop for a second because I'm just getting excited thinking about what we have been planning, what we've already done. Um, and it's just for me as a person who was sitting in the stands for all of it to have those characters come to life that I can speak to. And I'm speaking to the fans listening to this. You're going to hear things in some of these interviews that you never heard of before. Some of the behind the scenes stuff, which I love. Um, and our first one, guys, I, 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 you probably saw me on camera. I smiled the whole time on that first interview you we did, did guys. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was so happy to hear from that man. person we talked to. Pretty special. Pretty it, special. Was. it was, it was. It was, it was I, I, that was a special hour, you know, can't wait for the listeners and viewers of this, uh, podcast to watch and hear it. Yeah. I think too, that, that series again, like Chili teased a little bit was it's going to be outside the framework of this week-by-week analysis of the program, the Sun Belt, you know, the opponent, things like that, uh, some jabs at Georgia Southern uh, and their brewing techniques. and Not just Georgia Southern. But there'll be other ones, right? <laughs> um, but it's uh, outside of that series, there's going to be – we owe it to ourselves and the, and the program and our community, right, the community that is coastal. And that community may be in Iceland. It may be in Monk's Corner. And we owe it to the people that are – Part of Teal Nation to to make sure we as historians and people that champion and advocate for the program and ultimately really something that you get to rarely see in this day and time is something organic that grows to be productive, successful and life changing, right? Life changing in so many ways for so many people. And I think that's really neat that I'm excited about it to your point, Chili's to let people get maybe an inside story, inside look and inside experience with some really impactful personalities that if you're new to the program, you never either would have known, maybe seen a media guide or a program for the game. And now you can put a voice and, and really a keepsake in your mind and your heart about how far this program has come in literally 20 years. There are programs that have been around a hundred years that wish they could have the success that we did mm -hmm. happen as we did. So again, that's, and that's not a knock on any program in the state or anything. I don't mean that in any – it's literally what we've accomplished in 20 years. If you'd have told me 20 years ago we'd be playing FBS football, have college game day and so forth and so on, I, I probably just sat back and smiled and been like, man, that'd be great. But we've done it. It's hard to believe we're already in season number 20 when you think about it. If you really just stop and you know take it all in and catch your breath, I mean, it doesn't seem all that long ago. <laughs> You know, you guys are out there, and then the Newberry team was in town, and we were about ready to kick off that first game. And, you know, winning that game and the goalpost coming down, and then two years later beating a number one team in James Madison and the goalpost coming down again, and then a conference, you know, another conference championship trip to the playoffs. And, you know, then, then a few years later, we win our first playoff game, and then we go beat Montana in, in 2013, and then we have a great run of success again. And, you know, and, and next thing you know, we're going to the FBS level in 2017, like we talked about earlier on the show. And, you know, now we've won 22 games in two years at this level with college game day on campus and a win over BYU. I mean, I mean, and that's just in 30 seconds, kind of a snapshot of 20 seasons, but it's hard to believe. And in, you know, 19 years, this is our 20th season. We've, we've come this far. It's amazing. 
Amazing. And TD, to your point, I mean, there are a lot of teams out there in college football that love to say that they've won 65% of their games. You know, there, there aren't many that can. We are. You know, we won 65% of our games in 19 years. That's pretty doggone impressive. And, and the cool thing about it, too, is in a, in a podcast form like what we're doing is when you hear one of the uh, interviews and some stuff that we produce here on the, the observation of the 20th season, you can have a chance, you know, 25, 50 years from now to go back and hear it again. So we we're we're doing this for the fans and honestly for ourselves because we just have a good time doing this. But mm-hmm. you know, it's it's cool because you get to hear it from the horse's mouth. It's all going to be you know primary sources, TD, for you historians out there. This is all primary sources. The person doing the history is telling you what happened and what their perspective was. And um, I'm excited just to get the collection of these stories because people who have been following since day one or early in the years or lately everybody can get something out of what we're about to do. I really believe that. Well, how much time we got boys? Mm, I'd say about 10 in minutes. I think too, that this first, this first interview, if, if, if all the other interviews following it, that, that we know we're lining up as we speak are equal to that one in their own unique way. I think people are going to look back at the end of this year and be very, um, I think in awe of how, how far we've come and, 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 and right on down to um, you know, I just I kinda get I kind of got a little choked up thinking about um, two to a locker and um, practicing tennis shoes on 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 parking lots and two to a locker if you were good. At three if you locker. weren't good. <laughs> and, and for those that for those that for those that hear this, you'll you'll Five. They're picking on me, but two to a locker if you're good, three to a locker if we were suspect. I was two to a locker. Just want you to know. <laughs> I was two to a locker. And uh, interesting enough, my locker that year in all four years was uh, shared with or neighbored uh, Tyler Thickpen because I was 15 and he was 16. So that was, um, you know, just thinking back, I, I don't know, it's kind of random, but, you know, he lost his mom to cancer and I had, you know, my mom went through cancer and, and, um, so it, you know, it, it, you know, just things like that, man, you just kind of makes you, you don't know where you might've wandered through these memories, but it's awesome. So for me this year, super jacked up. I do want to say this um, for, for the alumni that listen to this, two things, two, two types of alumni, if you will. Um, Chili and I are on the Coast Carolina alumni board. So if you're an alumnus, it's a great year to commemorate, to come back, to remember. Additionally, if you're a football letter winner in the 20 years of this program, whether you were day one shot or you graduated last year, uh, Jill Kingston's been there like Joe has and Chili and I since day one. I promised and made a commitment to her that I would do it. But go to the Shots Up app in your app store. Go to Shots Up, download it, register it, and you get all the information. You get direct access to the team. It's only for lettermen. They have to approve it. You had to have lettered played at Coastal and, 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 and finished in good standing. And there's all kinds of updates on camps and schedules and so forth. Again, it's exclusive only to those who were a letter winner. Um, I think that's pretty neat. That's the next step of engagement. And there's professional engagement. There's um, stewardship. There's giving. And there's also just communication, right? You can communicate with the team and the coaches. Ch- Coach Chadwell text everybody via that thing the other day. Uh, the, the three or four dozen people have already signed up. It's a new app that just got launched uh, in July. So again, Sean's up app in your app store, Android or Apple. And uh, please do me a favor, do the show a favor, 
go there. There's a lot of great information for letter winners. And uh, I told her that every week this week, we're going to promote that. We've got to get everybody engaged. And I'll, I'll end it with this with, with regards to engagement. Uh, Joe, is it right? The Gardner Webb game, we're going to commemorate 20 years. Is it Gardner Webb? Yes, Gardner correct. 20, and I'm going to say it right up to the Gardner Webb game. Sean's up every week, but the Gardner Webb game is the commemoration of all 20 years of this program. Um, and it's going to be pretty special. So there's some unique things that are going to happen that week in that game. So if you're a letter winner, family member, friend of a letter winner, be on the lookout for some invitations and communications through this program as well as the program. Actually, this program as in the podcast program, but then the football program itself. Yeah, very good. To you. That's, that's so important because one thing we talked about here on this podcast is connecting years ago to this year and years just before us. So that's 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 huge because we get the we got the whole gamut of people we want to get involved in this and bring them in. And I think one thing that this podcast can do is help bring some people back into the fold, yeah. which I think is a very important thing. Yes. TD, are you ready for trivia? Man, look at him, Joe. He's already sweating. Man, it's busy. Get your Pedialyte, He's grinding TD. already. Get your Pedialyte, TD. It's time for trivia. <laughs> All right. Look, TD. Oh, this question brought to you by Teal Pedialyte. Like Travis and Grace McCall, we both piss excellence. And it, you do a good job of dropping those in, TD. Get you some index cards. Just now read them out every once in a while. Uh, TD, since uh, the FBS jump. CCU's record in home openers is blank. We've been playing since 2017. Yes. Right. So 17, 18, 19, 20. We're five and up. Oh. Four and one. Four and one. I'm going to go four and one. Joe? I think he's right at four and one. It is four and one. Yep. TD. How about Look that? He you, starts man. off with a dub. <laughs> I feel like a proud parent right now, Joe. <laughs> well, I'm and super and excited for him. Well, I said I said five and zero, oh, and then I kind of looked at y'all, but then I realized, wait a minute. I was like, that's why I started counting. I was like, wait a minute, we lost a game in there, Eastern Michigan. Eastern yep. Michigan. That's right. We lost. That's Eastern. the one I thought was going to trip you up. I remember. I was like, we we. I remember because overall, in the night, well, this be the twentieth season, but in nineteen years. You may have it there, Chilla, but I think we've only lost like three home openers total. Like we're 16 and three or 15 and four. I mean, we're, oh no, we can't be that right. Wait a minute. We, we've played 19 years. Half of those games have been on the road. It's something. What is it? Are we six and three or 10 and three? Something. We, we're well, actually, I'll check the, that out for the next one. Well, the whole, the home opening game, it may not be the season opener necessarily, right. but the home opening game. I think you're right, TD. I think it'd be, and I don't, I don't have it sitting in front of me. It's either right. 16, 3, 15, 15, and 4, something like that. It's really, really good. We're strong. Yeah, it's real strong. So hopefully we end up 16 and 4 when we beat Army. I mean, dude, I, I, I'm super jacked up about that home game. I think we're going to have the biggest crowd we've ever had in school history. We ought to. We, if we don't, I'll get my, I'll, I'll get loud. <laughs> and if, that's for wait, that's wait. for a future episode. If if we don't fill in the blank, what are you gonna do? If we don't, I'll be very disappointed. Because oh, lame. Come on, give me something, TD. If no, we don't, what? What are you gonna do if we don't? I, I promise you, I wouldn't do it, man. I'm not doing. <laughs> I'll say this. I'll I'll say the one word. I'll be. I'll be disappointed. And the reason is, um, in all sincerity, to our fan base, uh, and not to go along soapbox 
but got on my soapbox and got a long time. It, if they win that game and we don't have a capacity crowd, shame on us as a fan base, shame on us as a as a as an entire community that supports the university. Because you know what? To Joe's point, they're twenty two and three or twenty and three. No, what are what are we twenty two and three? We're twenty two and three the last two years. Twenty two and three the last two years. We've lost those three games by a combined eight points. And Army's been really, really good too. I'm sorry. <laughs> if that weekend we beat Army, who by the way has gone to a bowl with two in the last three years and won it mm-hmm. correctly. But if if we if, if we don't have a capacity crowd there, our boys cannot do anything more than what they've done the previous nineteen seasons in the last two years. Fair? Yep. Yeah, and last year uh, we had the Citadel at home. In the according to GoCCUSports.com's stats, the attendance at the Citadel home opener last year was sixteen thousand two thirty six, and then the next week we had Kansas, and that was seventeen thousand six ninety seven. The largest crowd though was ULM. Was go back. Is that last year? ULM for homecoming. That was eighteen thousand six seventy four. You're right. I just saw it. Well, the game kicks off at seven, which is what you guys love. I I wish it were a noon kick, and we get that thing done by about four o'clock. But it's seven o'clock, and you guys like it, so y'all. Next podcast, Joe. I'm pointing at you, Joe. Next podcast. (laughs) No, it's seven. Here we go. I thought a game kicks off is a seven or seven. It is seven. I, I'm just saying I love the noon kick, but that's kind of the the running the running debate we have. Under that's that beautiful, for, that's for a clear, starry Ori County night, where it's going to be just a little bit cooler. And it you're will going be through that hot tailgate. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. Sit down, just relax, and watch Coastal win. And you know you ain't got to worry about the sun hitting you in the face and getting sunburned, and being burnt when you go back to work on Monday. Mm. The debate just started, Joe. The debate just started. Here we go. It's going to be all season. Well, hey, here we go. Hey, we already we hit the ground running again. Look for some other things to hit from the Tru- Strut Podcast. Chili, hit us up with the Strut Podcast handles. Also, our personal handles too. We all have them. Yes, Travis has joined. TD has finally joined the Twitter sphere. TD, what's your Twitter, real quick? I don't have it down it, here. Yeah, it's tr underscore Danley. So gotcha. Yeah, all capitals, but TR underscore Danley. And uh, what's Joe? Joe, what's yours? Cashin J68. Yep. Till? Um, I am at Steve Chili 14. Uh, you can catch the strut on Facebook. We have a Facebook page, the strut podcast. Twitter and Instagram has the same handle at the strut podcast. Our YouTube channel, just go to YouTube in the search box, type the strut podcast. And when you get there, hit subscribe. Our blog site, thestrutpodcast.wordpress.com. And if you're on Twitter and you're thinking about game times, make sure you hashtag Team Chili for a 7 o'clock kickoff. Ooh, I like that. Hashtag. <laughs> nice. Joe, we could do that all season. We could keep track of, like, you know. I like this. I like the Team this. Chili versus the Team Info. There you go. I'm, I'm, I'm up for it. Chili versus Info. What time you want your game? There we go. <laughs> Well, gentlemen, hey, it's great getting back. I think it's, we're off and running. Next Tuesday, recording, we'll drop it. And, uh, hey, we're not th- what, three weeks away now? Four weeks away? Four weeks away. And, listeners, don't forget this. This show is not over. After this segment, we're going to tease out our first installment of um, how we're commemorating 20th, 20 seasons of CCU football. A walk through coastal football. I like it. Have a good one, y'all.
All right. Take care, gentlemen. Sean's up. See you here at halftime. See you here after the game. God bless you. Let's go play. <laughs> 